Shalom Aleichem. Good Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom. My Yahudim, Mishpoche. My Goyim, have a great weekend. We're here. You made it through the week. We're hitting a popular book today. 48 Laws of Power. First, I have one little thing I, I read from TikTok. I can't wait. This is going to be fun to talk about. This might be like a 40-minute one. We'll see. Hopefully, it's not too, too long. But this is really going to be a fun episode. Okay, folks, on TikTok, this is great, great way to shift the mindset. If you're telling yourself you need something you don't already have, it's insanity. And then this person deemed it insanity. He says, that makes no sense because to need something we don't have, well, we're here. Like we've already arrived. Like we are here. We we've everything we do have is all we need because we're here right now. And so people that think I need X amount of money so that down the road I'm I'm secure and I'm not stressed. Well, first off, you have to go back then and who taught you that you had to be stressed when you weren't making X amount? Who taught you you have to be stressed or or not proud of yourself because you don't have XYZ material object? You know what I mean? And even if we don't go with the material stuff, who the hell taught you that you can't be happy because you don't have joy 24-7? Who taught you that you have to be happy all the time? That if you're not ever happy, it's a bad thing. Who taught you that? You know, who, who taught you everything? Just really question it all and that you can be at peace and you can accept everything. So anyways, that was very powerful in my opinion because I'll say it one more time, is you don't need what you don't have, okay? It's all just a bonus. And don't start convincing yourself the only way to be proud of yourself, happy, and to feel fulfilled is to have these bonus things. You should be able to be content in your vessel just because of your awareness. The awareness you have alone is the reason you can live a peaceful life. I'm not going to say joyful. I'm not going to say happy. Because those are temporary emotions that come and go regardless. You can feel joy and happiness after you eat something. You can feel joy and happiness when the sun hits your skin. So literally, it's almost inevitable. It's inevitable to feel joy and happiness. And it's inevitable it's going to go away because those things will go away. And hormones come and go. Um, and, and so before I digress, peace, as Tolly says, is forever because awareness of the present moment is forever. Um, yin yang theory shows that, sorry, I got a text. Yin yang theory proves that all con- constructs are only constructs because of the contrast, because of the nothingness, because of the unmanifested. For the manifested, because every physical thing, every idea we've ever had has been constructed, it's been manifested by someone. The only way a manifestation can occur, which is like the black side of the yin-yang, is because of the contrary, the white side. So the only reason manifestations and every physical construction in our world exists is because of the untangible, the unmanifested, the things that are nothingness. And that nothingness is forever because these constructions can be created and destroyed thanks to the contrasting. And so really that's why you can find that's why, you know, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, it's all in the physical because the physical 
the sorry the unmanifested has can only exist because the physical exists so we need the things that are destroyed and created that concept of just being something being destroyed and created that is forever destruction and creation is forever as long as the unmanifested is forever and so that once you understand that concept and that's why Eckhart Tolle I'm going to read that book 20 times in my lifetime at least when you understand that concept you have peace forever because peace in my opinion and Eckhart Tolle's opinion peace is in the foreverness that foreverness is peace that concept of foreverness again forever peace and and the uh, the eternal you know the essence our true soul and being that foreverness that is never created or destroyed you can't it's not tangible it's beyond the second you start thinking about it actually it's no longer even a thing because our thoughts are constructed so our thoughts are the contrast of the unmanifested like yin yang and so you have to just appreciate like the space between the letters you know metaphorically anyways and that's what i'm saying is that's all we need I'm going to get to the 48 laws of power in uh, one minute, but that's what I want to say to y'all is you don't need what you don't have. You don't. You have your awareness right now, and that is forever. Awareness lasts forever. Not not the concept of awareness, but the, behind the post sign that, you know, the, the sign saying Victoria Park is not Victoria Park. It just tells you the park is. The park itself cannot express itself. It just is. It just is the park. The only reason you know it's the park is because of the sign. And when you're in it, you can't bring it to people and say, look, this is the, see the park? No, you can bring a sign and say, here, look, this is Victoria Park. This is what it's called. This is what it looks like. But when you're in it, that's it. It just is. And so, folks, thanks for bearing with me for that five-minute spiel. Like, I sound like a true hippie. Let's get into manipulation. Yeah. Quick disclaimer. So... Robert Greene wrote this book, 48 Laws of Power, as a way to gain power or, but then don't think this is a book on manipulation that you're a horrible human being for learning this stuff. He says, use this book so you know when you're being manipulated. Okay, it's not to hurt other people and get a leg up. It's so you don't get hurt. Which is also a bit of a cocktail, because let's be real, people are going to use this to manipulate others. So I, I'm not going to be naive. I'm just quoting Robert Greene. I think Robert Greene's a little yutzy. I think people are definitely going to abuse this book. And so the laws I tell you, take it with a grain of salt. It's just kind of fun, because some of this stuff you never think about. You're like, oh, I guess that's true. Uh, before we get into it, reading, I will read this book at some point in my life, because the only difference, the reason these summaries work is you just get the laws straight up. Whereas if you read the book, excuse me, he tells stories. The book tells stories about every law. And for people who are historical junkies, you'll absolutely love the book because it's a bunch of historical cases on how these laws actually work. Um, and when we get to, there's, I forget, there's, there's one that I did listen to the story about it and it's very fascinating and we'll talk about that. Law number one is never outshine the master. Now this sounds counterintuitive, but if you keep feeding the ego of a superior, they're never gonna suspect you of any power. They're never gonna, never gonna think you can do anything. And so they're gonna let their guard down at some point. That is why this is law number one on laws of power, is do not overshadow your superiors. Law number two is never put too much trust in your friends, learn how to use enemies. 
For example, you hire friends, they might get envious, they might betray you. You hire an enemy, they want to prove their trustworthiness because they are at the mercy of you. If you're hiring them, you can fire them. And so know when you have a little leverage over an enemy and then use that leverage because they're going to want to prove their trustworthiness so they don't miss out on value you're bringing them. Uh, this obviously shotguns, sorry, it's called the backfire effect. This fires back at you if you hire people who are enemies who have more power than you, then they could f screw you over. But yeah, that's interesting is friends could get envious and then betray you. I never thought about that, but hey, I do kind of believe in not trusting anyone. Um, but that's, uh, it doesn't make sense because at some point you're going to have to trust people. You're going to have to or else you won't make it in this world. Law three is conceal your intentions. So this makes sense now. When you conceal your intentions, aka appearing friendly, open, and trusting, but not ever telling people what you intend to do, you'll send enemies on wild goose chases, aka they're, they won't know how to stop you. Because if, if your intention is to build a real estate empire, you appear open trusting, you don't go around being like, I'm gonna, hey, I'm looking to build this empire, this is what I'm, these are my plans, blah, blah, blah. Um, and remember, notice he says you'll send enemies on a goose chase. You can tell friends and stuff your plans, because they're not gonna take you down. But the enemies might try to, so yeah. And then they'll be on a wild goose chase because they can't pinpoint what it is to take you down. They'll just be a mess. Yeah, and then there, you have some power over someone. Law four, always say less than necessary. Saying less makes you mysterious, makes you seem smarter. Makes you seem smarter because you say less stupid things. People naturally want to fill the silence. So if you're silent because there's no need to small talk, people will fill that with potentially things, uh, clues, shall I say, that gives you power because now you know their intentions. Actually, a hack, fun fact, if you're trying to get someone to admit to lying, after they tell you the statement, pause and don't say a word, just look at them. And it might cause an awkward situation, but they will say something, And but sometimes they'll start to try to talk themselves out of it. If they keep trying to talk themselves or convince you further after you are silent or they look away, there, there is a chance they're, they're fabricating a little bit. Law number five is so much depends on your reputation, so guard it with your life. Okay, this is like the definition of manipulation. This, I don't know how I feel about reading this stuff. So once you damage a little bit of someone's reputation, or at least open up their reputation, or, or like open something up to the public about your enemy... You let the public finish them off. This is, I'm quoting this book summary. And, and then once they're finished off, you can go up and, I, he says attack them, but you can go up and, I guess, confront the rumors. Puts them in a situation where they're defending themselves. And this could be a double-edged sword, but this guy says, can actually increase your reputation because now you look like the macher telling them what's up. And now they are defending themselves, which looks weak. Law six is court attention at all costs. Courting isn't, you know, like, uh, courting, courting. It's like going, uh, mingling or whatever, creating. To make people think you're mysterious, but also and interesting, you must create scandal and sensation at the same time. And people will no doubt give you attention, but you'll also be mysterious. They're just wondering a lot of things, but they're fascinated by you and that gives you power. Such a hot take. It's better to be hated 
than to be ignored. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that one. This is a good point. Once you got people interested in you and, and you are mysterious, they'll wonder what your next move is. And so they'll always pay attention to you. They'll see what your next move is. And that you have power over people when you are, people are always watching your next move. Get others to do the work for you, but always take the credit. That is law seven, and that sounds horrible. Oh my god, those people will be forgotten. You're going to be remembered when you take the credit for work they did. No shit, that, this is, this isn't, I don't like this one. Okay, I see where they're going with this. This, hey, this is how the powerful people make it in this world, is you find people to do things you're not good at, you delegate those tasks out, and then you, since you say own the company or whatever, you take credit, and that is, I guess, in essence, how people become powerful. But it just, that doesn't sit right, like, no wonder he calls it laws, the 48 laws of power. Law eight is make other people come to you. Use bait if necessary. This one, I'm not sure I agree with this one. It entails like bringing people into your territory, or I guess you could see that as a metaphor where you're getting people to play your game or, or talk your lingo. And apparently it can cause people to ditch some of their principles, morals, and values. And that's a way, again, in essence, you could... Uh, create more power over a person law nine is win through your actions never through argument this one honestly is just good life advice do that people lead with actions not arguments plus think of an argument that you've actually won like you never win arguments it just doesn't work like that like a person has to pivot and they can't think they can argue someone into feeling right it's just never a good idea people always feel like crap after arguments and they actually don't like you as much it's best in my experience, it's best to contemplate what they're saying and almost do the agree to disagree or, or find a point of theirs you agree with. Find one point that you agree with or say that you understand given the context, da 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 And then people are like, oh, that's different. I've never heard that response before. And they're a little more open and confused. And rarely do people lash out once you say, oh, that part I do agree with. And oh, yeah, you know what? Actually, decent point if. Da, da, da. All right, people. I'm going to wrap that up. This is probably going to be a multi-parter. Thanks for listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, rate five stars and review this. Otherwise, take care. Shabbat shalom.